Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's Five Times Podcast from here in Ellie's in Greasby. Check out our previous podcasts. Jamie Carragher, Ricky Lambert, John Arnarese are our guests from previous weeks. Lambert, of course, rediscovered that goal-scoring touch he has. Bagged a brace last weekend. Also, have a look at the Five Times website to see plenty of events coming up. Former players up and down the country. Sure to be a great night if you do get to one of those. Right, this week, a Liverpool legend involved. Over so many years at Liverpool, winning four league championships, three European Cups, double footballer of the year, and all for the price of 175 grand from Newcastle. Terry McDermott joins us. Also, joined by David Thompson, someone who was signed in his career by disgraced, outgoing England manager, Sam Allardyce, and also a former Red, of course, Tom Out. And a man who needs no introduction at all. He made all the headlines with his guest at the start of the week as he was joined in the Monday Night Football Studio by Jurgen Klopp, of course, Jamie Carragher. We also speak to Swansea legend Lee Trundle, who tells us what to expect as we visit Swansea this weekend in the Saturday lunchtime kickoff in the Premier League. October 6th, Cardiff, Fowler, Haman, Makatea. October 7th, Fowler, Haman, Makatea. York, October 13th, Rush and Fowler. And brand new, the story of the treble season. With McAllister, Smicer and Fowler, it's in London on December 8th. What a great way then for us to start the Five Times podcast. I'm delighted to say joining us is Terry McDermott. Let's have a little look back at Saturday, another convincing home win, this time against Hull. How good a display was that? Yeah, it was excellent, you know, but it doesn't half help when you, you get a penalty and the man gets sent off. It doesn't make a difference when you're 2-0 up and then you've been sent off, so that makes it a lot easier. But but the football we've been playing over, certainly against Leicester, I was very, very impressed at Leicester, Leicester game. And it, it looked like it was going to be exactly the same. I don't think that would have made a great bit of difference, you know. Yes, win 2-0, um, they're still down to 11 men. But the way we were playing, we could have actually had 10 on Saturday. You know, so we would have probably won the game anyway by three or four. So, you know, we got five, man sent off, which always helps. But no, great performance. And I think this year, I'm, I'm a bit more excited this year than what I certainly have been for the last two years. I think with the Burnley result a little bit earlier on in the season, there's a little bit of concern going into the game. Would we be able to break down Hull? And in the end, it was a convincing afternoon. But perhaps did we, did we answer a few questions with that performance, do you think? Well, I didn't see that game, but. You know, allegedly, they, they had, what, 78% of players, something like that. Should have won the game, got beat 2-0. But mm. that was, that's always the case, you know. We're playing really well against the likes of Chelsea and the Spurs and the Arsenals, playing really well against them. But when you're coming to the smaller teams, and Leicester, of course, you can include in that as well, but when you come with the lesser team, like the Hull, and that's no disrespect to them, or Stoke, or teams like that, that's when we tend to struggle, you know. So, but I'm... As I say, I'm more mm. confident this year than I was last year that they'll go to these places like they did at Burton and go and pummel them, really. So, 
you know, I think they can do that mm. against the like the lesser lights in the Premier League, you know. And they, 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 obviously the, the the bigger games are the, the you know the derby games and the Man United, Man City. There they are games. We know that. But all we've played this season for them three top get teams, we've we've played really well against them, you know. So yeah, exciting, Paul. Very excited this season. You mentioned that excitement. Expectation obviously going to spiral. Liverpool, second favourites for the title, just behind Man City. Jürgen always seems to say the right things. He said, I've never seen a 20k race where somebody's celebrating after 5k. But, but the start we've made, it's got us all thinking what might be possible this season. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 hey, there's one thing about um, he, he says it as it, how it is. Um, and he's right, he's spot on. You know, I think we're all excited because we've seen the way we've played this season now. You know, and we're improving. We've improved from last year and the year before, and we're getting better. And the players are getting stronger. They're getting better players. You know, they're like the Rigi. Lalan has come into his own now. He's a better player than he has been since he's been here. He's probably playing his best football. Jordan Henderson, you know, is ruling the, the roost in the midfield there. So we've got we've got all young kids coming through as well. You know, and, and Mane, well. You know, he's going to be a, a big, big player for us this year, you know. He's going to score a lot of goals. Wouldn't fancy a race with him, would you? I wouldn't fancy a room. <laughs> no, I tell you what, I beat him to the bar, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he's one of those players contributing with goals. We've scored 71 since Jurgen Klopp arrived just less than a year ago. That's more than any other Premier League club. Was that an important area for you that Liverpool needed to address, scoring goals? That, that was my only concern. Our midfield players weren't getting enough goals. You know, like Lallana... You know, Jordan Henderson, um, Coutinho, you know, great players, don't get me wrong. I mean, Coutinho, I think he's a hell of a player. When he plays well, I think we play well. But he weren't scoring enough goals, scoring spectacular goals, and outside the box, bend him in the right top on corner, which is he's magnificent at. But sometimes you want tap ins, you know, as a midfield player, where he plays, get tap ins. You know, I used to score a lot of goals out of, out of, out of the box, but he also scored a lot of goals in the box as well. And you've got to do that from midfield. And if we can get two or three of them, one of them holding and the other two getting forward and getting goals, it does not make a difference. Take the pressure off your strikers then, doesn't mm, it? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, just as we go back a couple of positions to the goalkeeper position, we've seen Carrius, a new number one at Liverpool, given the nod for that shirt. What did you make of that decision? Yeah, but, uh, that, hey, he doesn't do many things wrong, the, the, you know, the manager, does he? You know, and, it just don't, it got, it's a good feeling, you know. Um, he just wanted to go with him and he's done well. But to be fair to Mignolet, he's improved over the last two years since that, certainly since I haven't been watching him. His kicking was atrocious, to be honest with you, and that's not being disrespectful to him. It was really poor. But I think he is better with his feet now, definitely without a doubt. And he's, he's a great shot stopper. I mean, he's, he's, he's saved Liverpool a few times in the back end of last season, a few games this season, you know. So, he's, they've got two very good goalkeepers, you know, and it's difficult to pick one out there, you know. So, he's got the he's got the, the shirts at the minute now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mignolet played plenty of games there. It was a bit like when, in our day, with, with, with the England situation, with, with um, Ray Clements and Peter Shilton, you know, due to share playing. Um, so whether he probably does that, I don't know. But that, certainly that's what happened. You know, one week it'd be, uh, one game it'd be, and Peter Shilton next game it'd be Ray Clemens. So maybe he's got that in mind. You know, play him for a few games and then give the other fellow a, a go. It's you know, it's who it plays well, isn't it? You know, and even when they play well, I don't think Mignolet did anything wrong and he was left out. But you know, that's why you're the manager. You you make the big decisions, and that was a big decision. Yeah, tough call. But yeah, it was. Yeah. 
whilst we have been scoring plenty, looking excited, mm. looking entertaining going forward. Defensively, still no clean sheet in the Premier League, conceding another goal against Hull at the weekend from a set piece. Mm. When does that start becoming a concern? Well, it's a concern all the time, uh, every every game. You know, the, you know, we went to Arsenal and played superbly well the second half, and but we conceded, conceded true, and and that was a, a disappointment from the weekend was brilliant. It would have been five nil, it'd been even better. And would, people probably say, well, it doesn't matter. It's four nil or five, four, um, four one or five one, does it? But it does, you know, because it, it, it breeds confidence for the players playing at centre, playing at the back, and, and the way we're playing now with our true true wing, um, our true fullback going getting forward like we are, it's so important for you for your true centre um, centre backs to to be good players, you know, and do well. But if they're not. You know, the, the, the conceding, if they stop conceding, we win a lot more games. So that's the worry. But they've done fabulously well up till now. Yes, conceded too many goals in my eyes. But I've got to say, I mentioned that, <laughs> James Milner, what a player. He's been absolutely magnificent. To go and put him at left back. And I had him when we were at uh, Newcastle. He's, you know, he's exactly the same he was then as a young kid from what he is now. He gives you everything he gets. And he's, he's I mean, he, playing left back, ask him to go from a right-sided midfield player or a centre midfield player, ask him to go left back. <laughs> it's, it's uncanny, really, but it, it, it doesn't matter to him. He, he can play anywhere. He could go in goal probably now, you know. So, But he, he's been a fantastic signer for Liverpool and, and I'm delighted for him. Simply because he's a lovely kid as well. He's a smashing kid. No airs and graces about him. Not like us jobbers who go drinking all the time. They were, you know, he, he's, a, he's a proper professional, you know, and um, he deserves everything he gets. When, when you worked with him there at Newcastle, could you see that he was that intelligent player? He was clever. He could play in different positions, albeit left back. Yeah, he could play anywhere because he, he, you know you can what you're going to get from him every single game. Seven and eight, eight, maybe even nine sometimes, but seven and eight all the time. You know what you're getting from him. It's very rare to uh, watch him have a bad game. And what I loved about him, after every training session, he'd be the last one off the training field. And I used to stand watching him and helping him a little bit. Not that I want any credit for it, really, but he used to do free kicks, um, and he he was unbelievable, you know. And he, he got the mannequins in the way, so you know. He, but he'd be there for another half an hour. Everyone else would be on the way home or having some lunch. He'd be still on the pitch. You can sometimes look out the window, and he'd be by himself doing it. So he deserves everything he gets out of football because of his attitude alone. You're saying there about him having a great attitude. What sort of age would James have been back then at Newcastle? Yeah, he he, he came from um, Leeds, didn't he? We bought him, I think it was about four million quid or something like that for, for um, um, Leeds. And he, 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 he was only about 20 then, 22 or something like that. It wasn't even that. It might not have even been that. But when he came into the club, you know, we we'd heard all about him, what a player he was. You know, but when he first came to the club, I didn't. You know, we, we I had a bit reservations about him, but he he quickly grew on me. And even you know, he's a big he was a big fish at, at um, Leeds. But when he came to Newcastle, he was a bit, at a big club, and he you know he got swamped a little bit early on. But after that, he was he, he you know he was just a great player. And we were actually at the club when when we we, we sold him myself and Kevin Keegan. We we actually sold them for fifteen million quid. And the story goes, and I'm telling you, this is a true story. We we didn't want him to leave, but we needed to get other players in because we had a bid of 15 million quid. So we said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. If Kevin said, I'll tell you what we'll do. If we sell it, we sell him for 15 million quid, 
are we going to replace him? And he said, we've already got one. And he went, oh, like who? And he said, um, um, Beinsteiger, Weinsteiger. Man United, no one's not Man United now, but then he was, what, seven years ago he was a superstar and he said we could get him. So the idea of getting rid of Milner, not getting rid of him, but accepting the bid of 15 million, which was a lot of money then. You know, then we didn't, obviously, then we're going to go, we're looking to get Feinstein. It's a no-brainer. But after we'd signed for them, the day after, we're trying to sign Steinfeld again. And the answer was absolutely no chance. It'd, it'd be cost you 50 million if you wanted to buy Steinfeld again. So we didn't have no one to replace him. But he was irreplaceable because he could play everywhere. Mm. Well, well, I only asked you about his age back then was because on Saturday against Hull, he was Liverpool's oldest player out there at 30. And Cla- Clavin also was 30. But there's no one else. Do you st- still think there's a place... For a little bit of experience out there, I, I do, I do, Neil. Yeah, I think you know it, it's a long season. I know we've had a great start, but you always, you can always have a little bit of experience in there, no matter what, you know, whether it be. I'd love, I would love, you know, what I would love, Stephen Gerrard being there or Jamie Carragher at the back. One of them two being there to organise and explain to them what what it means to Liverpool, Liverpoolians. So, you know, it would be, it would have been lovely to have someone of that ilk, but. You know, it's difficult getting them. You know, and um, and certainly players be playing every week. They want to play every week, and and if you're not playing every week, you know, some people don't like that. So that's why it might be difficult to attract people. I think there'll be a few certainly fans out there who who agree with that comment. Finally, then Terry, let's finish with Swansea away this weekend. What are you thinking going into this one for Liverpool? Yeah, well, you, you, hey, there's no doubt about it. you've got to look for an away win, and the way they're playing, you've got to be confident, but. You know as well as I know, you know, when you're playing in the Premier League, they can turn it on one day. But one day, you know, every now and then, they, they, they put on a great display and go and win. They, they, they won at the weekend. Um, they're, 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 they're decent. But I honestly, I can't believe that we won't beat them, you know, because of the way we play. Scoring, hopefully not conceding. We don't concede, we win the game. Cause we're short of scores, so that's the key. Don't concede, and I think we win the game. But it won't be about that because they like playing football as well away win them for Terry Mack brilliant thank you for joining us on the Five Times Podcast ah Neil no problem mate October 6th Cardiff Fowler Haman Makatea October 7th Fowler Haman Makatea York October 13th Rush and Fowler and brand new the story of the treble season with McAllister, Smicer and Fowler it's in London on December 8th Delighted to say Jamie Carrick has joined us again for the Five Times podcast forget all the analysis which you do which is great on the Monday Night Football but it was the most talked about Monday Night Football in years the Liverpool Echo tweeting updates like it was a live game such was the interest in it come on tell us how cool was and calm was Jürgen no, he was brilliant, as you say. I mean, everyone, everyone, especially when I got back after the day after, everyone was talking about it. So it seems like it went down well. I haven't watched it back, but uh, no, listen. I think he's, he's. I think we knew that before we got him on. He's box office, isn't he? He's done the job before. I think in Germany, and, and he's just got that type of character, hasn't he? Whatever he does, whatever he put his hands to, I think people will instantly take a liking to him because of you know the charisma the man has, and and he obviously knows what he's talking about. I think that come across. Obviously, cause he's he's one of the top managers out there, and. Uh, Delighted Liverpool have got him, but as I said, delighted he came on the show. We've been asking him for about 12 months. Finally uh, got it done and I said it went down the storm. How much did you enjoy doing that show with, with him then? 
No, it was brilliant for me. I mean, I, I, I don't know Jürgen Klopp that well, to be honest. I mean, I've, I've met him a couple of times. I had a five or ten minute chat with him to try and get him on the show. It's not, as I said, I don't see him at Anfield or I don't go to Melwood anymore, obviously. So, it's, uh, I wouldn't say I've got a, a massive relationship with him. Uh, but no, it was, uh, if you're thinking of trying to get guests on, I think he's, he's certainly the number one out there to try and get on. And as I said, fortunately enough, we've done it. He's got me some brownie points with uh, Sky, I would imagine. But uh, no, I think he, as, as I said, when he first came, he's, he's he's a manager not just for Liverpool, but for the Premier League, really, because he's that big of a character. I think everyone sort of respects him and, and enjoys watching him. So I think it wasn't just Liverpool fans watching Monday. I think there was a lot of fans around the, around the country who'd have been in the, uh, well, thinking the same as Liverpool supporters. I think you got it spot on now. With the, he's, he's just blockbuster stuff, isn't he? You know, everyone's desperate to hear what he has to say. and. For you, you know, you spoke to a lot of ex-players, ex-managers. What fasc- fascinated you the most listening to? No, I mean, just his enthusiasm. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying Jake Pop says anything massively different to me when you speak to other people. I think it's more the way he says it and the fact of the type of character he is. I think people buy into it. You know, the players especially, obviously what he's asking them to do. I mean, everyone speaks about pressing at Jake Pop, but I'm sure every manager wants the team to do that, but it's getting your players to do it. You know, that's the big thing with Jürgen Klopp. I think players seem to buy into exactly what he wants to do and so long may that continue. I think one of the big things for me, and as you mentioned there, other fans actually love him. It's quite a rare thing in football because people are very passionate about their own football club, yet Jürgen Klopp's brought that passion, that real honesty about him and, and there's fans up and down the country, even rivals to Liverpool that really like our manager, whereas it's quite a rare thing in, in the modern day game, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the amount of the amount of Everton fans or even Man United fans have said to me, "I hate the fact I don't hate them." <laughs> the amount of times I've heard that, uh, and we normally listen, take a dislike to opposition managers and things they say, we jump on it. But I think Klopp's the type of character that it's very difficult to do that. I'm sure it'll come, it'll come over time uh, for the Evertonians and uh, Man United fans. But thankfully, this moment he's seen some uh, Jurgen Klopp's on sides with them. But as I said, I don't think about the Jurgen Klopp how. Uh, and he's thought of by other fans as long as Liverpool fans continue to, uh, to adore him. Watching it, I was thinking, I'd love to have seen you play for him. I think you'd have been great together. How much would you have enjoyed working for someone like Jurgen Klopp, do you think? Oh, I'd, I'd love to have, to have worked with him. Mean, he's, he's a top manager, number one. You would have, I'm sure the players are learning so much. Uh, I, I clashed myself as far this way to under Rafa Benitez and Gerard Hulley for so long. Uh, so long. Uh, you know, at the time, you know, Top of the, the range of managers at that time, but obviously, there's no doubt Jurgen Klopp now is one of the, the top managers around. And I think the way the game's played now, he's actually perfect for, for the way the, the, scene, the modern game seems to be going, but also for Liverpool Football Club. There's a great picture of you looking longingly into his eyes. He was at the Robbie Williams concert on Tuesday night. Did he give you an invite? Did he give me any feedback on the Robbie Williams concert? No, did he give you an invite? Because you were looking longingly into his eyes on the picture I've seen on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make him feel welcome, and when he was speaking, just smile on him to make him feel. You know, that's just the way you do. You know that now, being the, uh, the host of this new show, Mallory. You've got to try and make people feel welcome. You learn all that. You know what I mean, lad. But, but I, I mean, as a viewer, really enjoyed it seeing obviously Jurgen Klopp on there, one of the big names of the Premier League at the moment. Is that something likely we're to see more managers going on the Monday Night Football? Well, listen, we've, we've had a few on. We had Ronald Koeman, now the Everton manager, came on last season. We had yeah, Brendan come on uh, last season. We had Roberto Martin. So we've had a few, a few on before. I mean, there's no doubt Jürgen Klopp's been the, uh, maybe the biggest name and the best performer. There's no doubt about that. But hopefully you can get other people of that of that quality and calibre. But, you know, it, it is very difficult because, you know, it's difficult to get sorts of people in, in the game on, on TV shows. Uh, but I think just think Jürgen Klopp's such a... 
such a natural for the TV. And I think if he, he ever stops uh, managing Liverpool, I think I might have a problem with Sky because I think Sky would be desperate to get him. So uh, <laughs> hopefully he stays at Liverpool for as long as he can. Swansea this weekend, is, is that your game? Are you going to that one? No, I'm not there. I watch it on the TV. I'm doing the Friday game with uh, Everton Crystal Palace. And then on Sunday, I think it's Man City Spurs and, and Burnley Arsenal. So they're my games. But no, I'll be watching. And uh, just hopefully, I think it's not just now, but even when I was playing before an international break, it's vital to get something. I think three points is what everyone wants. Uh, it'll be a nightmare if we don't you know, pick any points up, but you certainly don't want to go into the international break on the back of a defeat. So I think it's a game we should be looking to get three points from, and uh, that would make it a brilliant start to the season. Yeah, after such an impressive and convincing win against Hull last weekend, obviously Swansea, a little bit of pressure maybe with the manager and that. Tough place to go this weekend, do you think? Yeah, listen, I, think, I always think every away game in the Premier League is a tough place to go. Uh, I think, you know, if you get three points on the road, it's a great victory, no matter who you come up against. But it can work in both ways. And, you know, the, the, their players will be fighting 100% for the manager. If the reports say maybe the, some of the players are not too happy with them or, the, you know... Is it maybe a lack of confidence now, or is the manager going to, you know, get a performance out of them? It's uh, listen to me. I don't worry about Swansea. Just worry about Liverpool. And if we continue to perform the way we are, we, we will win the game. Brilliant, Cara, top man. Enjoy your weekend. Okay, cheers, lad. Thanks cheers, a lot. Cara. Try mate. Try la. Okay, it's been a week dominated away from Liverpool by Big Sam, sacked in disgrace by England. Let's get the view of a man who was signed by Sam Allardyce at Bolton, former Liverpool midfielder David Thompson. Tomo. How you doing, Mel? You okay? I was looking forward to seeing how Big Sam did. What's he doing there, though? Well, do you know what? I I, I sent a, a, an Instagram message out in in support when I first read, you know, what had been uh, what had been printed, and I actually didn't think it was that bad. I thought, okay, maybe he's advising people on not how to break the rules, but maybe how to manipulate them a little bit. I didn't think it was actually that bad, but. Uh, on further inspection, you know, it's it, it. I can't. I can't defend that. If he's found guilty of that, I can't defend that. But uh, just on on what I've seen, um, on, on what he said, I actually didn't think it was that bad, Mills. No, well, obviously you you've worked under him. You sound like he made a decent impression on you. I was I was optimistic that he could. He was somebody who could rip, have a bit of a go at the England players and say, listen, this is this is how it needs to be. And that was the difference, perhaps. I thought him coming in as as being the England boss, but. For you, what was it like to work under? I thought he was a great manager. His preparation was second to none. Uh, and I think what he brought to the, to the party was, I think he knew his weaknesses. Uh, and in a manager, um, that is, that's a skill in itself. That's, that's a strength in knowing your weaknesses and knowing where you need to improve. And on the back of that, he would bring in the staff that was there to, to improve the team and also improve him as a manager. Um, he was fantastic to work for. He was he was a good man manager. He would praise you when you needed to be praised. He, he would have a go at you uh, when you needed to be have it when you needed that little kick up the backside. But on the whole, I thought he was a. F- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fantastic manager, and we had a great season. I mean, I was only there six months, but we had a great finish to the season. We ended up qualifying for Europe. That was at a time when we had the likes of Nicholas and Elka and, and even Campo there at Bolton, so... It was a it was a very successful period, but I think his record speaks for itself, Mel's. I don't think he's been. Uh, I think he's only been relegated once, but brought them back up. And uh, you know, he knows he knows how to win games. He's a big uh, manager in terms of statistics. Uh, he looks he, he uses them statistics to his advantage. And I, I just I really enjoyed my time with him. I can't speak highly enough. When he got the job. I was very optimistic that he was the type of manager that England needed, a no-nonsense manager, a guy who knows his own team. He won't be manipulated by the press. And, uh, well, in hindsight, that was, that was maybe that's the wrong statement for me to use. But, but um, uh, I, I thought he, he would be perfect for England, you know. He's, he's not bothered about how the team plays. He's more interested in results. Let's forget about Big Sam, another manager in the headlines, Jurgen Klopp. Did you watch him Monday Night Football with Cara? I did indeed. I thought he was fantastic. Brilliant, isn't he? How, how impressive is he, do you think? I think he's fantastic. You know, I like his honesty. Uh, it's quite refreshing in this day and age. I've, I've played under a lot of managers. Um, Big Sam, I exclude Big Sam in this as well. I played under a lot of managers that are full of bravado and also, you know, full of ego. And I don't think there's any bravado, any ego there with Jürgen Klopp. And also, there's no insecurity. He's a very confident guy and uh, he knows how he wants his team to play. And I think, on the whole, the way that, that he plays, his, his team plays on the front foot, you know, it's it's very, very effective in the Premier League today. And, uh, you know, it's hard for the opposition to take advantage and try to, to score goals against this, this style of play. He started impressively. Fantastic start to the season for Liverpool. He's got us all hoping what might be. Is he the man to bring the title back, do you think, to Liverpool? I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've I seen uh, Jurgen Klopp himself has avoided this question. He doesn't like talking about winning championships. He likes talking about doing things right and winning games, and then that in in it in in it will will lead on to success. And I think that's that is his philosophy. I think if you ask me, I'd like to think that this squad is capable and talented enough to win the Premier League. I think that the, the the test will be when they play the the you know the the big teams and um, and how they do the, the, the teams in and around them. That's where the test's going to be. Um, it's difficult to say. It's early days. I'd like to have seen a couple more signings, but I know his philosophy on that. He likes to work with what he's got. But I think some some of the positions that we've seen it's glaringly obvious that um, you know we could do with some replacements or some strengthening in that area. I'm not. I'm not saying go and break the bank for people, but I'm just saying bring people in who can be a lot more consistent than the guys that are there. Mm, well, the squad's 
looking fresh at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot of games last season, Europa League action, none of that this season. You think that freshness will really help Liverpool? Definitely going to be a benefit, isn't it? Um, they can concentrate on the league. They've got the minimum requirement this year has got to be top four. Um, it's got to be Champions League football for Liverpool next season. But, you know, even though Jurgen Klopp avoids talking about winning the, cha- winning the championship, and they might not be good enough to win the championship, but what I like about Jose Mourinho is his, his first thought is to change the belief of people. I mean, Man United are a million miles away from winning the Premier League, but all I hear from Jose Mourinho's mouth is, we want to, we want to win the league. We want to win the league. It's not just top four. It's we want to win the league. And I think some of the players might even buy into that. And if they, if they finish a little bit short, they might finish in second, third or fourth. That's what I'd like us to be. I'd like us to be aiming to win the league. But, but, Why not? Right. Leicester did it last year. If United are thinking they can win the league, then we definitely can win the league. Are you, Tomo, are you a Snapchatter? Am I what? A Snapchatter. You mentioned their Instagram. No, I'm not a, I'm not a Snapchatter, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm an Instagrammer and Twitter. Did you see what Saka was Snapchatting in the early hours the other day? Whilst the, the, the team were flying? He's got to pick his moments a little bit better. Definitely. I think if he's got a gripe with the manager, you don't put it, you don't put it on social media. You just go and confront the manager. You go and talk to the club about it. And if you're not happy with what the manager says, then maybe you go and speak to the chief exec or the owners. You do it that way, but you don't... You don't start um, you don't start airing your grievances in on social media. Um, I, I can understand it's a powerful tool, they, they, obviously in the modern game, but you've got to pick your moments, haven't you? He's got to be better than that. I think I expect better better of him than that. But you know, I think sometimes he is a little bit immature and he does make rash decisions, and that that's probably what cost him his PSG career. In in all fairness, so well liked at Liverpool, certainly with supporters, and you're thinking. Okay, you've let yourself down, please. Keep your head down. Just, just be quiet for a little bit and get on with it and try and work your way back in, whether it's the 23s or at training, whatever it is. And, and this sort of thing, you're thinking, well, how many more chances is he going to get to really have any kind of Liverpool career left? Well, I think... I mean, I, I, you, you, that you, look at, you look at the way Jürgen Klopp has approached this and... I mean, he's, he's he's really gone. He's gone in hard on him. He sent him home from the club's pre-season pre-season tour. He told him he's not going to play again. He's fully fit, or may not even play again this season. You know, he he's took a real hard line with him. So there's a few things that Jurgen Klopp doesn't like about this lad. Um, I'm sure he's a lovely lad, and he seems very happy um, in and about the dressing room. But sometimes players like that, when when things aren't going. Well, they can be very disruptive around the dressing room, especially if if you've got a huge in, influence like Sacco has, and you can see that he is very influential. You know, if he's pulling down and doing things right, and he's having a bad influence on the team because he's not in the team, then maybe until his attitude does change. Mm. Well, another player who finds himself out of the team at the moment is Daniel Sturridge. Very strong bench, looking at the the lineup against Hull at the weekend. But I feel as though Liverpool are a, a good moment because. About a year ago, 18 months ago, there was an over-reliance on Daniel Sturridge. If Daniel Sturridge doesn't play, where's the goals going to be? Now, all of a sudden, Liverpool, five goals. Sturridge came on, won the penalty, fair enough, against Hull. But there's not the over-reliance that we used to see with Daniel Sturridge not in the starting lineup. So that has to be a good thing. No, uh, Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the people, the goals are, people are chipping in with, from midfield, they're chipping in from, from up front and... Uh... You know, even Milner left back. He still nicked a couple of goals as well this season. You know, the goals are coming, and uh, it's. 
I like Daniel Sturridge. I think he's a fantastic, unbelievable goal scorer, but I just believe that he needs to be 100% fit to be able to get the best out of Daniel, Daniel Sturridge. When he is 100% fit and when he's working so hard for the team, like the time, like the season when he was with, with uh, Suarez, I thought his work rate was massively improved under, under Suarez because if you're not working hard next to Suarez, you look like you're, you're just being totally lazy. Um, I think he drags everybody's work rate up. That's what we need. If Daniel Sturridge is going to play, his work rate needs to increase. He needs to get a little bit sharper. And, and there's nobody better in, in, in the Premier League in terms of slotting the ball away. Um, he's a fantastic striker. But it's great to see that other people are chipping in. But also the chances that they're creating, even against Burnley, um, you know, the, the amount of possession that they had. And uh, the, the, it was just short of a, a few runs in and behind the front men. And, uh, you know, they, they take Daniel, Stur- uh, Daniel Sturridge out of the game. And, um, you know, you get these runs, Firmino making runs, the midfielders making runs in behind, and uh, all of a sudden there's loads of chances. Here's one for you, Tomo. Scoring plenty of goals, creating plenty of chances. Goals are plenty all around the team. Milner, joint top scorer at the moment. If you were to back one Liverpool player to be the top scorer at the end of the season, who would it be? Oh, do you know what? You know when we first signed Firmino? I didn't, I didn't think... I didn't think he was up to the price tag and I thought it, there was a lot more expectation on him and he wasn't delivering. Now, I actually think he's, he's very dangerous. He works hard. He gets in dangerous situations. He uses the ball well. He brings other, police, uh, other, other people into play. And you know what? I really like what he's doing. I really like his attitude. And uh, I think Firmino could be a, a, you know, a big player for Liverpool this season. If he, if, if he got in and around 20 goals, I'd be so pleased. And I think he's capable of that. Yeah, that's, I definitely have to agree. With you. So your money's on Firmino there. You've been back at the academy this week. You met up with uh, former coach Dave Shannon, great coach. Always enjoyed his sessions. Was he doing a bag of worms session by any chance? <laughs> a bag of worms, yeah. And uh, what was the other one he used to say? Uh, curry beef half and half. I mean, that was that was the session when we were going to do possession. Also, we were going to do five aside and then finish off with a. Uh, with a, with a bit of shooting at the end. So, yeah, he's, what a coach he was and what a guy. Uh, I was just just thinking about him then, you know. I remember going in at, when we was 11. Every session was fun. You know, every session was, it was intense, but you always finished with a smile on your, on your face and always wanting to do better. And uh, I think that's important. That's a, that's a skill in itself. So it was fantastic to go back and see him, but I think he deserves a lot of credit, Dave Shannon, for, for what he's done for the club and the, the people he's been involved in and he he's one of them he never he never seeks the limelight but I think sometimes especially for this moment he definitely deserves it tell us why did you go and see him why did you go and see him he's returned after a six year absence from the club I mean uh, uh, I don't know if you remember but he was let go in 2009 uh, for a bit of a rejig with the with the youth development system under Rafa Benitez and uh, so he's been playing golf for six years and I went there to talk about his handicap and his wife's handicap and then uh, he, he's been brought back to the club in uh, by uh, Alex Inglethorpe and uh, Steve Highway and uh, yeah, there's an opportunity there for him to go in and, and be in and around the lab again and he's involved with the under-13s and I think that's a fantastic opportunity for him and it's only going to be a benefit for them kids. Well, if you do want to check out David Tomo meeting up with his old coach, Dave Shannon. It's on LFC TV and it's on the Academy show, which is well worth a watch there.
Can you tell us a story? Because you weren't actually one of the academy boys, where you? you were YTS boy. It was uh, School of Ex- School of Excellence when we first started. We used to go training there at the Vernon Sagster, and that was twice a week. Um, and then, sorry, no, that was once a week. And then, and then when you're 13, 14, you move up to Melwood. But Dave Shannon's always been, he, he always seems to have been part of my setup, my coaching staff since I was 10. It, it seems, it, it was, it's, it, it's incredible when I look back. And I didn't even notice this until probably after I'd left. I thought he was there enough every coaching session I ever had. So you can imagine, you know, the influence he's had on my career. Um, I can only speak for myself. I, I can't speak for the likes of Carrot or Michael Owen or, or even yourself, Mel's and, um, some of the stories we were talking about is even when I was playing for first team for the likes of Wigan or Bolton, some of the stuff, some of the phrases that he used to say still ring true in my head. You know, we we'd consider, we'd go one go one end and score a goal, and I'd be thinking, you're always vulnerable when you score a goal, and that's a Dave Shannon phrase, and these these types of phrases used to ring true in my head. So that's how much of an influence this guy had on my career, and. I'm absolutely delighted that he's returned to the club. I think it's a bit of a masterstroke because, I mean, he, he knows how to develop kids inside out. He's been doing it for such a long time, for, for almost 25 years. And I think it's a credit to Alex Inglethorpe to bring him back. Absolutely spot on there with Alex Inglethorpe. I think a lot's happened at the academy. Steve Highway was absolutely superb. Hugh McCauley, Dave Shannon. But for Alex Inglethorpe, as a modern-day coach, to be willing to tap into what was successful at Liverpool in the past is, I think it's it's a superb move. Really, is what was refreshing to listen to you there saying when you were under 13, you'd come in once a week. Now, something that we're seeing an awful lot at young players, seven, eight, nine-year-olds are training two, three times a week. It's all overload. It's too much pressure. Shanna's great coach. It's about fun. It's about enjoyment. It's about that hunger of wanting to improve. And I just worry a little bit about the. The academy these days, not so much at Liverpool, but in general of youth football, of that overload, and will they develop the way players used to in the past? Listen, I I understand what you're saying, but I think when I was a kid, I mean, when it when it's it started off at ten, we're going over there once a week, but we were playing football every 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 day anyway, Mel. You know, whether we were playing for school, whether we were playing for our local team, whether training here, training there. I think it's a great idea what they what I mean what they're doing at the academy now. They have got like eight year olds coming in twice a week. Now I think this is a good idea. The sessions are monitored, they're structured. They've got great coaches who are enthusiastic and want to do well for the kids. I think there's a benefit for these children to come in and and train once, twice, maybe even three times a week because they're going to be doing it anyway. They're going to be playing at school or playing wherever. What better place? I mean, you want to see the facilities up there now. They're absolutely incredible. And the coaching setup that they've got, and the likes of Dave Shannon, the likes of Steve Iway being in and around there, it is a bit of a masterstroke by, by Alex to bring them back in. Yeah, but, but but my concern is pressure. Pressure of a seven, eight, nine-year-old. Being around a place like a big club, Liverpool, and seeing, yeah, I, I want to be in the first team. But around it too much, I'm thinking... Absolutely great playing for your school team. You're around lads who aren't as, as good as you, so you're having to use different skill sets to be around those players and then enjoy that time when you are with the elite, when you come into Liverpool and think, yeah, this is where I want to be. I want more of this. Rather than two, three times a week, you can't play for your school team and that's how it is. Now, now this is a big concern in youth football in general. I'm just, not just saying here at Liverpool, but that's certainly a big and wider issue. But we could talk all night on that. I want to hear your story. When you were at the first team at Melwood... 
You have a little falling out with whoever the manager was at that time and you came down to the academy. Can you tell us that story? Of course, yeah. I think, um, you know, I'd broken into the first team. I'd been in and around the first team for a few months and, um, you know, I'd, I'd played again. I thought I was pretty established in there. Maybe um, maybe, maybe I thought I had my feet a little, a little bit too firmly under the table. But, uh, yeah, for, for, well, for one of the reserve games... Um, I got into it was an incident off the ball with a with a player called David Ockett. and I, you know what I was thinking about it today. It was actually a moment of red mist, and I think at that time I was still developing as a player. I was still developing as a man. I was, you know, I was my body was going through changes. I was very hormonal at the time, and I, <laughs> I remember getting into a fight with him, and it was it was it did look like a terrible incident to be honest with you. It, it did look like a thug off the street. But as I say, the red mist did come down, and uh, Julier actually he, he he banished me for a two week period. He thought it would be a good idea to go back to the youth team and uh, train with the coaches down there and sort of teach me a lesson. And uh, I went down. I trained with Dave Shannon, and uh, we had two weeks down there. It was fun. It was intense, but it was fun, and I really enjoyed it. You know, it was, it was probably good for me to get back down there and it did teach me a lesson because when I got back in the first team, you know, it was it was probably my best best football period for Liverpool. There you go. Everyone who sees David Hopkins now with those no teeth, it's because Tomo knocked him out in a res again. <laughs> oh, no, well, you know, these these things happen, don't they, Mills? Tomo, brilliant having you on again. Oh, brilliant, Mills. Thanks very much, pal. Speak to you soon. Let's hear a Swansea view now on the Five Times podcast. Delighted to say Lee Trundle Joins us, the former Swansea man, Lee. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You're okay? Yeah, all good, thanks. Right. You st- are you still involved at Swansea? What's your current role? Yeah, um, I'm club ambassador, so still do me stuff in the community, but also on my A licence as well, so I'm in with the, the coaching side. So I, although I haven't got a team, I go through the ages and go in and take sessions and take the full forwards as well so that's something that I'm really enjoying and something that I want to do in the future. He's showing some of them young lads your skills, your goals, I hear that you've uh, you've got the boots back out of the wardrobe, you're banging them in again. Yes, um, started playing again, I've signed for uh, Clinetley Town which is about 15 minutes outside of Swansea so it's um, good to have the boots back on and, and back scoring goals, you know in my first four games I've scored nine goals and in the last game <laughs> I got a, a hat-trick in the last three minutes of injury time so you know, it started off well. Is uh, is Guadalene going to say sack the ambassador role? We need you back in our first team. <laughs> That's what I, well, I've been knocking around the training ground a little bit more often since my goals, but still not had a call up. <laughs> how would you how would you assess the start that Swansea have made this season? I think it's it's been tough. You know, I think the the run of games what we've had recently, and then obviously Liverpool coming up as well as I think it doesn't matter who is in charge. You know, them results probably still would have went the same way. I think the fans are a bit upset at the the manner that we're, we've been playing. You know, Swansea are known for a, a nice pass and attacking side. And in these this season, we haven't done that. We've played within ourselves. We've sat back and not attacked teams. And, you know, we haven't looked, we haven't looked ourselves. And he's come under um, a bit of fire. And there's been talk about he could lose his job. Yeah, I saw that. Obviously, American owners now, there's been a bit of speculation about the former... USA head coach, he is under pressure as you mentioned, but it's, as an outsider, it seems so early on in the season. It seems a little bit harsh because of the great stuff he did at the back end of last season. Yeah, it is. It's it's um, it is early on, and you know the way his his style is the Italian style where you know the he just sets up to 
if you look at his team, try to set up not to get beaten. If you get a point, you know, at least you've got something out of the game. And I think Swansea fans over the years with the managers that they've had with Roberto, Brendan, Gary Monk, Loudrup, they've been used to attacking football and, and being entertained. And, you know, if I'm honest, we, we haven't been playing that football this season. And I think that's why the fans have... Have um, shown that they're not happy this early on. Mm, not quite in the relegation places yet, but down there hasn't been a great start to the season. What sort of season lies ahead? Do you think for Swansea? No, it hasn't been, and you know it doesn't matter how early it is. You don't want to be you don't want to be down there. And I think if we can take anything from it, Saturday's performance against Man City for me was probably one of our best ones of the season. You know, although we. We got beat. We we tried to attack them. We were a bit more brave on the ball, and we we went out and tried to push for a goal. And I think that's when when we're on the front foot. That's when we're at our best, and that's what we'll new, need to do against Liverpool because the form that Liverpool are in now, you know, it's going to be a really tough ask to get anything out of the game. Obviously, confidence seems a little bit fragile down there at Swansea. What can Liverpool expect with a visit on Saturday lunchtime? Do you know what? I think these type of games are. Are better for us where you're having like the likes of Man City, the likes of Liverpool coming into town, and the pressure's off you a little bit. You know, I think we struggle more against where we've played Hull and teams that are going to be going to be around us. Where at Liverpool, you know, you can go out and play with that freedom. Where if you get something out of the game, you know, it's a bonus. And I think it's the pressure's off us. But the way Liverpool are, are playing at the moment and the, the form that they're in. They're not a side that we want to welcome to the Liberty because we know that we're going to be in for a tough afternoon. You mentioned home at the Liberty. Home form. We haven't won since beating Liverpool at the back end of last season in May. Quite surprised at that because normally I'm thinking Swans are usually quite strong at home but yet to get that first win at home this season. Yeah, and I think that's part of the the problem why the fans are kicking up a fuss as well. You know, in this in this league, you've got to, you've got to win your home games to... You know, to definitely stay in the league, to do anything else, you've got to win on the road as well. But that's that's the thing. We're used to, you know, picking points up at home. We always usually go out and perform. And it's something that we, we haven't done. And, you know, we need to change it around faster. Um, fast, sorry. If you look at the game against Liverpool last season, you know, that was towards the end of the, the season. I think you had the European competition coming up. So you rested some key players. And on, on Saturday, you know, it's going to be a completely different game where we're going to be up against it. If we could get a result anywhere near what we did like last time, I think it would be a miracle, the, the form that we're in. But, you know, you never know. It's football and you just don't know what can happen on the day. Yeah. Lee, we wish you all the best this season. Scoring plenty of goals may end up in Swansea's first team in no time. If you, if you keep that up, obviously don't wish you all the best on Saturday lunchtime now. <laughs> Thanks, Ella. Thank you. That's all this week. My thanks to Ellie's in Greasby for having us. Hope you enjoyed it. Also, a huge thanks to former Reds, Terry McDermott, David Thompson, Jamie Carragher, and Swansea's Lee. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. E. Trundle. Let's hope we maintain this superb run Saturday lunchtime at Swansea. Thanks for listening.